Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. You say baseball season. I say cesspool of COVID. Let's call the whole thing off. How you, how's it going? Hey, we, we at least got, we got a week, like th- <laughs> four games of baseball. Yeah. It seemed like all of which were national casts <laughs> and yeah. not Oral and Joe, which was a bummer. It was rough. Uh, and I will say this. The Dodgers at the moment uh, are tied for the most wins in the majors. They, sure, they've played one more game than almost everybody. <laughs> but in fact, in fact, they uh, only the Giants have also played four games. So like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but whatever. Like, we don't need to nitpick. I just, you know, uh, and under the current playoff format, this is a podcast. We don't nitpick on podcasts. They're still in. So, like, yeah. Hey, what we got it in. Like, it we're good. I think. I think we we saw enough baseball for twenty twenty. So yeah, that, I, that, there it is. Clearly, some news come out that threatens jeopardizes i think is the term that i saw used eight billion times uh the baseball season so we're going to talk about that we'll talk about opening weekend and what we thought of um the the last three games since we talked about the first game and kind of just recap the news that we did go over on thursday last week uh we have a dodgers rewind one i'm very excited for we have questions from craig all that after this lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we get started, I will mention that I am exhausted from yeah. uh, being a new dad. So if, I, uh, if I'm if i especially off off today, uh, listeners, I, I apologize. And uh, I, I might be a little off as well just because, uh, it, uh, to quote Stained, it's been a while. Uh, for me, like... I, I literally had not recapped a game in like two years and because uh, I was, you know, doing national stuff for a while. And it was like mid-2018 when I stopped doing True Blue LA. 
And like the, I was like paying attention to like two teams over the last like four days. And after like four months of not baseball, like that was like, look, and again, not, not complaining on here by any means, but it's just like, that was a transition, man. Like it was like, uh, we spent like three or four months trying to figure out stuff to write about. Cause there wasn't really much news. And then now it's like, everything all at once and like uh so yeah it was a it was a weird weekend plus they played a seven o'clock uh pacific time night game on sunday i know that's every week for the east coast whoever has the the espn game is a is a normal seven o'clock it used to be eight o'clock so i get it i know i never understand how east coast fans function anyway for for late games but uh yeah it's weird uh it was a weird weekend uh, but it got weirder um and like not really Dodgers related, except in like the old friend variety. Um, so the major news, like Monday morning, uh, it, it actually started Sunday morning. Um, I believe uh, I don't remember the exact timeline. Uh, one uh, one player on the Marlins tested positive either Friday or Saturday, and then they got news like Sunday morning that three more players tested positive. So they got four players positive. And then, so though I I don't know if we actually know the names of the players just yet, uh, who are who all of the Marlins who were affected, but you know per protocol they were like they're out they're quarantined, and um, there was still like this window of time where like whether they play, and so they they have to figure out like there's contact tracing because uh, it's not just the players who were affected you have everyone on the team who interacted with them and like just you know you're on you're in a team even though as as socially distanced as you can be it's still hard like that that's the whole point of the like the danger of all this is like trying to figure out how to not spread it and um but they decided to play somehow uh, on sunday still with um i believe the quotes like sunday night were something to the effect, like epidemiologists were saying, this is this is technically an outbreak, um, even with the, the four plus, I believe it was, oh no, at that time it was just four players. But uh, in, this is from uh, Ken Rosenthal and Jason Stark at The Athletic. Um, this is where it gets the old friend uh, portion. Marlins manager Don Mattingly said his team never really considered not playing on Sunday. The club's most respected veteran, shortstop Miguel Rojas, another old friend, uh, told the media afterward that all 30 players discussed the situation Sunday morning, but said not playing was, quote, never our mentality. <laughs> like, so we're just trying to, to like, out-tough the coronavirus? Is that, like, that? <laughs> that's a weird, like, policy. Like, that doesn't sound to me like following protocol. Like, I don't know. It's a, It was a weird framing of that. Um, but we'll get to why that's sort of important. Like, okay, also should point out this game was in Philadelphia. Um, on Sunday, so coming come Monday morning, this was uh, before I woke up uh, about six a.m. Pacific time. Uh, seven more Marlins players and two coaches tested positive, so we're up to eleven of the thirty-three players on the road trip. The third of the team plus two coaches tested positive, so we're in full-blown outbreak mode. So the Marlins game Monday and Tuesday, uh, which was supposed to be at home against the Orioles, was canceled. The Yankees and Phillies, uh, the Yankees were supposed to come to Philadelphia. They actually did go to Philadelphia. They're staying in a different hotel than the Marlins. But that, their game Monday was canceled. So now we're in like this, uh-oh, like what happened? And then I guess 
we still don't exactly know when the Marlins um, were infected. Uh, it could have been during the Brave series, which again brings into this like how quickly this can spread. Like so now it's like, are who are the Braves infecting? If they're infected and all this this stuff, and it can mushroom very quickly. Um, I guess as it stands now, the Marlins are waiting on test results, which will probably get Tuesday morning before this podcast is released. Uh, same with the Phillies, because th- I think the major thing is like if if we find out that a bunch of Phillies are now testing po- tested positive, then then it becomes a huge problem. As of now, though, like I don't know, it's there's no the early morning was like, well, baseball's going to shut down, and then then you find out as the day goes on, no, there's too much money at stake. There, the quotes are like at, at times like it's just like very odd, but also very expected. I'll get to them in a second, but an epidemiologist from um, Oxford, Emory university in Georgia. um, He suggested the Marlins shut down for two weeks and put the Phillies in probationary quarantine, what he called it for five days. And then MLB's plan as it stands now is the Marlins and Orioles are playing home and home this week. So two games in Miami and then back to Baltimore for Wednesday, Thursday, as of now, uh, I guess it depends on further test results, but as of now, the Orioles and Marlins are gonna are scheduled to play this uh, those games. So, when seeing this, uh, Zachary Binney, the um, epidemiologist at Emory University, he his his tweet was: "This is absolutely insane. This is, if possible, the literal stupidest possible plan." <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, it goes back to this too. Um, Juan Soto on opening day, um, like. Uh, the morning of opening day Thursday when there was only the two games, um, he had a, a positive test. Now, all Nationals were tested Thursday, but they didn't get results till Friday, Saturday. They also played Thursday against the Yankees anyway. So, like, they also, they none of them had tested positive before, so that was why they were cleared. This shows, like, the, the weirdness of, like, the testing other day, every other day program, like, and how it, there could be delays, and then during those delays is how it spreads. We don't know. There's a lot of like nervousness about this. Obviously, um, I think like Dave Martinez of the Nationals earlier today was asked about the Marlins. He said, "Look, I, honestly, I'm scared. This is bad. Like, yeah, you know, teams kind of all over were like, man, what do we do here?" So, the operations manual uh, it doesn't actually specify the number of tests that would classify as an outbreak or what it would take to shut the season down. So, like, I think it's intentionally vague in that regard. Like, you don't want to put a number out there because once you hit it, you're like, well, we have to shut down now. And I think they're going to do everything in their power to get the games in as sort of macabre as that that sounds. But um, so I go I I was planning to include a Stan Casting quote from the day training camp opened anyway. And then he went in the interview on an MLB Network radio and gave an update a little bit. But here's the two quotes. So July 3rd. First day of summer camp at Dodger Stadium, Stan Kast inter- interviewed uh, We interviewed him, and he said, um, this is his quote, um, so long that it doesn't go into an outbreak of any kind, and as long as we're able to have what I would call an acceptable level of incidence and proper and appropriate treatment of whatever arises, I think we're going to be okay. So, like, at, at, again, that time, didn't he didn't give a number on what would can be considered acceptable, so it's like, oh, okay. So there, this feels like more and more like Gladiator every day. Like, <laughs> you know, so, but then today, this is weird. Like, 
uh, Kasten on MLB Network Radio, uh, it was interviewed. This is just an excerpt of it, but he said, my understanding from talking to other teams is that it's supposed to be business as usual, at least for every other team. So, like, again, they're not really changing anything other than, like, postponing a couple games today for now. And then Kasten again, hopefully this is the worst outbreak we have this season because it will teach us some things. But I do think we expected something like this at some point. And you're like, really? <laughs> I, but, but like, they kind, they, they kind of did it. And it becomes obvious because, like, you know, when they said here's a 60-man player pool, obviously, like, all those players aren't on the 40-man roster. But if you just do the math, like, you're starting with 30. You're really a 26-man roster. But they basically created the ability to have available a second team. Like for, you know, like if you look at it like in the most bizarre sense, like um, now Manfred said uh, in an interview on MLB Network on Monday that like in order to like um, cancel or like affect a team, a team would have to be like decimated to the point where they're not competitive. And then then he consider shutting a team down. He wasn't, again, not specific, but I think that's on purpose, like to, to not paint yourself into a corner. David Price, uh, who opted out of the season uh, in July, he tweeted today and said, now we really get to see if MLB is going to put players' health first. Remember when Manfred said players' health was paramount and he capitalized paramount? Part of the reason I'm home right now is because players' health wasn't, be put, wasn't being put first. I can see that hasn't changed. Now, Manfred was asked about this. Uh, he disagreed. He said, we absolutely put health and safety first, blah, 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 all the, all the sort of you know, vanilla sort of answer. But then he went and said something very weird that postponing the, the two Marlins games Monday and Tuesday went above and beyond the, the protocol. So that's supposed to show that like, they're really, <laughs> they're really like into this. So it's very weird right now. Like there's a lot of waiting. Like um, I think it's pretty clear that the Marlins and Phillies shouldn't have played Sunday. Like that, I think that was, you know, that's something, but like, who knows? Uh, but then also you're worried, like if the, if a bunch of Phillies test positive, then it's going to get like bad, like, because then it's, it's like spreading to more teams. And then the Yankees are like in Philadelphia wondering whether, whether they're going to play. You have the Orioles like wondering when they're going to play the Marlins, if at all this week and where. So like, and then there's also the possibility of like, if the Marlins are okay, they have to make up those two games somehow, and there's only like a finite number of off days. So, this is weird. Like I don't know, uh, it, it's just it's very bizarre. And then like the the sort of like weird thing today, like the Marlins claimed uh, Justin Schaefer, a pitcher from the Reds, off waivers, and it's like, oh man, poor guy. You know, like hey, uh, so it's, uh, okay, so you you were you know put on waivers and then you're, you're potentially off of a 40 man roster. So good news, Justin, you get to stay on a 40 man roster. You just have to go to a team that was just decimated and, you know, like it's possibly the most dangerous work environment in the, in the league. So I don't know. It, it's very weird. Um, but again, it seems like as of now, like the Dodgers are uh, not, not, not the Dodgers, the league is just going to go forward as planned uh, until like, you know, they just like, they're just kind of reacting to stuff as it happens. And there's the feeling that the, I mean, they they keep touting the protocols, but like, it seems like they're winging if your protocols it. don't yeah. are like 
as you said, intentionally vague, it's a bad yeah. protocol. If you're yeah. putting players first, you come up with the number that is safety, and then you stick to it. And yes, that means you don't have no no more wiggle room for capitalism, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're playing players first, or you know, you can just tell the truth and say you're just trying to make as much money as possible in a crappy situation without looking bad. They also keep making the point that like the protocols are like a living document that they're continually updating, which on some level is is great. You know, yeah. you're you're like adjusting as you know different uh, uh, guidelines or, or whatever, or or as you learn things like, but but it it's not to be like, well, let's change it to this so we can get away with this. You know, like, yeah. Start with the yeah. number that's safe then, and then if that yeah. number changes due to safety reasons, you can change the number then. That's okay. Well, and we we talked about before how uh, the uh, L.A. and Washington D.C. were the two like harshest uh, locales that had um, like very strict quarantines uh, in place for like folks who just came in contact with infected people. So like you didn't even have to test positive, but like you're basically out for four, for two weeks, and like MLB like lobbied Washington D.C. for an exemption for players. It's like, no, that's not the point. Like the whole point of this is like, you know, <laughs> being safety and following that the actual like health officials guidelines. And like I, I understand that in different areas, like health guidelines have some some for some reason become politicized, and so it's not. It's might probably it might not be consistent in every place, but the fact is they are still like actual health officials making those decisions. And if you're just gonna figure out a way to get around it, like what's the point, you know? So I don't know. It, that's the frustrating part I think of all this. But and then you know, the Dodgers we get to, we're gonna like experience this at least from their standpoint. They've been on the or, um, they've been at home for like a month, you know, four weeks roughly at Dodger Stadium. And now they they just uh, left today. They just arrived in Houston. They just tweeted something about arriving in Houston, and um, they have a nine game uh, road trip, three cities. So like, and the the pro- protocols on the road are fairly strict. Like you you basically you're not supposed to leave the hotel for like a non essential reason. Um, I I talked uh, Dylan Bundy on the Angels. The Angels were in Oakland over the weekend, and in one of his pregame, I think his pregame interview before the day before his start, he mentioned something like he he's like a homebody anyway. But I think one of his quotes was, you know, it'd be nice to go like be able to go take a walk. And I was like, okay, if that's if they're like holding people to that, like that's like something with teeth, right? Like that's 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 cool. They're like going to the the protocols do like outline this pretty well, but it doesn't outright like ban people from leaving it's, it's like more like teams should avoid having you know players <laughs> leave so it's like it's not it's very like very vague again and like but i think for the most part players are gonna like they could just kind of have to stay in the hotel um and it's it's a very it's weird but like i think that's where the damage can get done obviously because the more you go the more people you're exposed to um you know the the worst it can go come you know worst it can get in, inside the sport and so yeah and that's that's bad so we'll, we'll see i mean obviously this we're, we're learning as we go just like baseball is but that's sort of where we are now league-wide uh we had our first major like uh, outbreak in the sport but it seems like they're just like oh we're just gonna keep going we'll it really it highlights like, yeah. every tweet or you know reddit post or something like that uh that i've seen really 
highlights the sort of tension that I know really intense baseball fans are going under. It's both this very superficial but joy of getting to listen to and watch baseball again, but contrasted with probably stronger emotions of this season really shouldn't be happening. <laughs> this thing I'm getting joy of probably shouldn't be occurring. It's not safe. It's not, it's not, doesn't, uh, it's not demonstrating appropriately to the country, the, the severity of the situation probably, um, on a lot of levels. Like, you know, there are, because there's no fans in the state. There's all that weirdness kind of, uh, kind of communicates that. But, um, it's it's weird being a baseball fan. There is another thing where um, I think some teams uh, generally over the first weekend uh, were like a little bit lax in like in game um, you know guidelines like social distancing and or like or not wearing masks in the dugout or some teams were high fiving. A lots of teams were spitting. I understand spitting like that's you know. That's a that's probably the toughest thing to like avoid or to try, to not to stop doing I guess but like uh, so it's it, there everything about this season like is or there's so many things about the season that are so unnatural to actual like baseball that like it's it's very odd but at the same time it's a reminder like oh they're just they're forcing this one in so like yeah that that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Well, some baseball did take place. Did it? I I listened to or watched. I think every game. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that included the last two games. The two that I really watched, um, sort of intently while, uh, while watching my my daughter, the the game two, uh, Melissa was taking care of her, and I was I was elsewhere, uh, so she got to watch true Dodger baseball, losing <laughs> and unlucky heart like both. Bum baseball, right? This is bum baseball. A little bit of bad luck, a lot of bit of silly little mistakes, frustratingly close losses. That's, yeah, that's were, Dodger baseball. Uh, on Saturday, <laughs> like that was such a weird game. There were, I can't, I lost count of how many times they were doubled off on the on as, uh, <laughs> on the bases. Like it was like hilariously bad at some point. But then, like at the same time, like they ended up losing by a run. They came back late. <laughs> Will Smith. Down two in the ninth, he homered, and he he nearly decapitated one of the cutouts. Like it was hilarious. And then the guy reached out to him on Twitter, like, and uh, actually Blake Harris on uh, True Blue LA, he found that guy and interviewed him. It was pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, like it was a weird weekend. And then okay, the other thing. So um, we sort of joked about I, uh, last episode. I joked about how Dodger Stadium hasn't been this quiet since Matt Stairs. Mm-hmm. But like in generally, like. It is like oddly quiet, and there there's always like a buzz when it you know when a team's like struggling, right? You can feel like this growing angst among fans, like they're there's like they're waiting to like explode. Uh, there's a nervousness that they're especially in an important game, like if they're gonna they're like oh no we're gonna lose, but but like at least you feel that. But like a lot of times too, if a team starts rallying, the crowd gets into it. And with no crowd, there's not any of that. So, like, if you get Sunday's game, that was a 3-1 game where the Giants, like, tacked on single runs, uh, two single runs late. But, like, it was all one-run rallies, all of them singles to left field for an RBI. And, like, the Dodgers, like, semi-threatened, but, like, there's no there's no crowd getting into the rally. There's, there's They're piping in noise. It's not the same. And, like, 
that's a weird thing. Like, you know, like there's no, like there's no actual like home field advantage and other than like the actual similarity of knowing the ballpark and things like that. But in terms of the gameplay, that's the weird part of it where it's just, you're just playing it, playing it out. And like, it's, it's very odd. Like, so yeah, that was sort of the weird part. Um, That's what sort of stuck out to me for Sunday's game. Also, there was a weird subplot. Um, <laughs> Mookie Betts was like, kept, like they kept hitting it to right field, and like he, I think he had, he was at eight putouts through six innings, and I guess the major league record for a right fielder for putouts in a nine inning game is is eleven. Mm-hmm. So like, I think he got to nine, but like he didn't. I was, it, it, there was a brief moment where we're like, oh, I just hope every every out goes to right field <laughs> at this point, just to have this really bizarre record. So. Yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, I, you know, the people, I, I guess I forgot. I, I, I didn't forget. I just, I chose, I usually choose to ignore it. But like, oh yeah, like people just completely forget every, every year of baseball they've ever watched and overreact completely <laughs> immediately. Yep. Like, how are they losing to these bums? They should have swept this. This is unacceptable. Really? Like, okay. Like that's. That's a mature like response to this weekend. I don't know. I I guess I I just like zone that out relatively easily. But like it just, it was just sort of funny to like see that again. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing that people do. <laughs> like that's kind of funny. Um, oh the there was a couple like sort of weird aspects of it. So with the DH with no pitcher hitting, there's no there's no easy choice to do like double switches. Um and like I hate the and, DH. Yeah. <laughs> And I so love stupid roster stuff. And so and so like, you know, the Dodgers really haven't done much of, of anything yet. They've only used three pinch hitters in four games. Uh, Edwin Rios had one plate appearance in four games. Matt Beatty didn't play. Uh, Roberts was asked about it uh, Sunday night and he was like, no, he's healthy. Like, uh, we're, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get him in there. But like uh, and then Terrence Gore played one defensive inning and didn't even get to run. Like what? What are we doing? Like, <laughs> why is he on the roster if you're not going to use him? But, but yeah, so it's weird. Like, um, uh, so there's nine games in nine days on the road. So I figure, just in terms of like getting people rest, you're going to utilize the roster more. But even though it's weird, because so they essentially had, they had a 30 man roster, but in that opening series it was essentially like a 27 man roster, almost the regular roster, the way they used it. Um, so we'll we'll see how that changes uh, going forward. The other, um, I, I, I noted a couple highlights, but I, I didn't write this down, but I just wanted to uh, point it out. So A.J. Pollock missed Friday, Saturday. Uh, he was back in Arizona uh, because his baby, uh, who was born, uh, I think, three months premature in March, uh, they finally got to take her home from the hospital on Saturday. So that was wonderful. And she's, like, um, you know, healthy now. She was in the hospital for 128 days. So that's a wonderful story. Uh yeah, I'm really glad for them. Uh, that was a that was a cool, a very cool moment um, for him, AJ Pollock and his wife Kate. Um, yeah, and so Maddie May is his daughter's name, and seems to be a fighter, as as they say. Uh, but yeah, that that was a cool, cool little moment. Uh, he doubled in Sunday's game. He was back in the lineup. But uh, the other highlights, I guess you you, you didn't see much of Friday. Uh, which had most of the other highlights from non-opening day. No, no, I I saw. Oh, you my did. My daughter okay. did not. I did. Oh, though. sorry. Yeah. Okay. So Ross Stripling was awesome. Uh, had the best start I think of the weekend. 
Seven innings, one run. He he said he worked on his changeup. He got five swinging strikes out. He only threw it nineteen times. So also the only local uh, game. Really... Oh right, exactly. Yeah, that was it. Was a weird weekend. It was, in that a, regard. It was a good good game to watch. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It was the only game where uh, announcers called the game from the booth at Dodger Stadium, like of the weekend. So even Saturday, which Joe Davis called, he called that game from the Fox Studios in L.A. Mm. And AJ Persinski was in Orlando. So. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, just oh, it's just a just a cool guy. Um, so it also Max Muncy homered uh, twice, I believe. Mookie Betts is three for twenty. I, I lost count. It's not. I don't know. It's funny. Like uh, I guess, and you know, I I have listened to half of the games instead of uh, of watching just because of national blockout stuff. Um, he didn't seem lost at the plate. Just no. kind of seemed like. I'm, I I was not that worried. Like I kind of want you know, maybe a little bit harder harder hit balls. I wasn't looking up exit velocity or anything like that, but it didn't seem bad. It just seemed like four games. Yeah, and it it was generally fine. Like he had a couple hard hit things that didn't then fall. Seager got kind of rob, robbed a little bit on, on a lot of his hard hit stuff, but uh, he he almost injured like. Uh, two or three different Giants outfielders on <laughs> that they ended up catching in left field. Uh, Darren Ruff like opened the bullpen gate on his catch. Uh, that was kind of fun. Um, the other thing I was going to mention. Oh, so like you know, Cody Bellinger struggling as well, uh, four for seventeen, but also hasn't struck out yet. So like you know, whatever, he's fine. Uh, then, uh, but uh, the other thing about bets, and this is completely empirical. But like, and maybe it's just from watching him catch nine putouts on Friday, uh, on Sunday. But um, he he just seems to get to everything. Like he's he's very smooth in, in like defensively in the outfield, and like it's kind of fun to watch. Like even on routine stuff, or like you know he's not like uh, struggling at the end of his range to like get to a ball. Like it seems like he has he has a pretty good beat on just about everything out there, and like I don't know I kind of like that. Maybe it's just uh, perhaps it's projecting or, or like um, uh, I don't know what it is. But it's just I hate I don't like the you need it's you need to watch him play every day to appreciate him because he does a lot of awesome things. But like it is pretty cool to just watch him play the outfield so far, uh, even if it's um, only a, a few games worth. So. Yeah, like it was, you know, generally pretty good. Justin Turner is really hot. Uh, mm-hmm. He's seven for fifteen, four doubles. Uh, so he has he um, he's the eighth Dodger with uh, to hit a double in each of the first three games of the season. I have a trivia question for you. Are you ready? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, doing trivia while I'm this tired is just cruel. <laughs> so. So, so okay, so seven other people have doubled in the first three games for the Dodgers. How many of the seven can you name? I'm, I'm going to go over under of one and a half. Okay. All right, we're going to uh, see, uh, see what I hit after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Name the first seven Dodgers to hit... Uh, to lead the season with uh, a double in the first three games. And this is uh, Brooklyn and L.A.? Yeah, yeah. There's, um, uh, looking at, there's three players from Brooklyn. Okay. All right. So, let's see. Uh, you know, just, just to correct myself from last week, let's start with Zach Wheat. <laughs> no, sadly, no. Okay. Uh, so, I have a list of, like, five or six names. I'm going to say them and... However many I get, great. Yeah. Uh, Mike Piazza. No. Duke Snyder. No, but I, just to give you a hint, uh, <sighs> two people on this list were teammates. One one of those guys had a teammate each on this list. Uh, Eric Karras. No. Raul Mondesi. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have to find the Duke uh, Snyder. Uh, Jackie Robinson. Yes, 1950. Okay. So we're already over. I'll give, I'll give you one more hint. Another one is a, a Jacob era player, uh, um, a currently active major leaguer. Uh, is he currently active Dodger? Um, Cody Bellinger. Nope. Corey Seager. Nope. Um, am I done? Matt Kemp. That is correct. Hey. Matt Kemp was the last the last one before Turner. To I seem to recall that. I was trying to think of like Dodgers that started hot in my era. Uh, one of whom I think is uh, we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Yeah, I think there might be a trivia question about that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I did think of him. If you were wondering, I don't think he's on. I, I don't think he's on this list, right? No. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> the uh, the others to get three doubles. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, done. I'll tap out. I'll 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 end on a correct guess. Glenn Wright in 1932. You may remember him from being the. The other non-Corey Seager Dodger shortstop to hit 20 home runs as a shortstop. Um, Wes Parker, 1968. Uh, he uh, he was a good doubles hitter. Um, Ken Landro, 1981. Uh, that was uh, maybe a little surprising. I don't know. And mm-hmm. then Tom Daly in 1901. How are you not guessing Tom Daly? Just <laughs> <laughs> <This is> shameful. <laughs> Uh, another like good doubles hitter. The Dodgers don't. Uh, they have one fifty double season. It was in I, I think it was nineteen twenty nine. I forget the exact year, but Johnny Frederick was the guy. They don't have a lot of forty double seasons, right? Like uh, one of the players who does have a forty double season though is James Loney, and he's today's Dodger Rewind. Hey, I, look at that! I think he's the most. I, I have to look back at the list, but I think he's the most modern Dodgers Rewind we've done. So far, and that part of it was like, do I really want to do something that soon? I'm like, yeah, why not? And then Jamie I looked like Carroll, right? Is that, uh, yeah, 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 that's true. But like, also roughly the same. Yeah, I know not age look, wise, but <laughs> like, okay, there's two things. Like, a uh, he he was traded eight years ago. That seems so long. It's so long. Like, <laughs> and then also he hasn't played in the major since 2016. So he's that's perfect time to rewind. Like that's mm-hmm. that's great. So. um 
just to give you a heads up for people who may not know because there there are like a generation of fans who probably have no idea who James Loney is and that's fine um but he was part of the vaunted like the Dodgers sort of rebuilt uh, Jacksonville uh, 5 he right? was one of the, he was one of the Jacksonville 5 uh he was uh, Logan White was the draft uh, head for the Dodgers for a number of years uh 2002 2003 had two great drafts in a row James Loney was the first round pick in 02 um Jonathan Broxton was in the second round that year. Russell Martin was 17th. That draft also saw uh, Eric Stoltz, Del Wen Young, and James McDonald. Um, in the next year, they had um, Billingsley Kemp and A.J. Ellis, among others. So uh, it was a very productive couple years for, for the Dodgers bringing in actual uh, drafted talent. The fun thing about Loney is that he was mostly scouted as a pitcher um, in high school uh, as opposed to a hitter. Uh, I'm just from an interview in 2017 with MLB trade rumors. Logan White talked about this. He said, um, uh, Gib Boudet, our national cross checker, uh, later went in to see Loney. He called me in and said, Hey, Logan, this Loney kid has a chance to be a gold glove defender. He loved his defense. Uh, so we just kept doing our work. Chris and I remember uh, being at a game later in the year. James wasn't pitching. He was only hitting, and there were no other scouts there. When James was pitching, there'd be 30 scouts or whatever. We knew we were probably one of the few teams in on him as a hitter. So the, uh, Loney ended up obviously being drafted by the Dodgers as a hitter and as a first baseman, um, and that's where he played in the majors. He almost pitched in the majors once. Um, and almost in a loose sense, like the Dodgers were really gassed at the end of a road trip in 2011. Plus, it was a series at Coors, which obviously taxed the pitchers. So, like, um, uh, I don't know. It, like, before a game, it was a Sunday game in 2011. Uh, Loney warmed up in the bullpen before the game because, like, there was a chance, like, if, the, if that game went bad, they were going to have to use a lot of people. So, like, it would have been awesome. We got robbed. But Billingsley ended up going eight, eight innings in that game, robbing us of history. So uh, I'm proactively mad at him for, for that, or retroactively mad at him for that. He has pitched at Dodger Stadium at the uh, Celebrity Game, right? Oh, that's true. The Old Timers yeah. Game, yeah. Yeah, Old Timers Game, and uh, um, <laughs> so Loney, uh, he hit 380 in AAA in uh, Las Vegas in 2006. He, he uh, didn't start the he. I don't want to use the term blocked because who knows if he was actually major league ready in 2006, like to play a full year, but like Nomar was an all-star that year. So like, you're not going to, you're not going to bring up Loney to supplant him. So it was fine, but there was a lot of consternation that Loney wasn't up, but there was more consternation that like he was sent down to start like 2007 or two, yeah, 2007. Uh, he didn't get called up till June, but then it was pretty much for good. Um, it's weird. Like, so I think the thing with Loney he started off like so hot early, like in terms of the power. And then it never really like came to, came to pass really. Um, he, he hit a career high 15 home runs in 2007, even though he only played a half a season. Uh, that September he drove in 32 runs. It's the fourth highest total by an LA Dodger in any month. Um, in 2006 in September at Coors Field, uh, he drove in nine runs in with with a two homer game. That's that ties the Dodger record. Also, Gil Hodges did it in 1950 in his four homer game. Um, so in 2006 and 2007, in, in limited time in the majors, Loney hit 321, 372, 543. 
And that's a 132 OPS plus in 486 plate appearances. And then he slugged 397 the last nine years of his career. So, yep. like, that was the kind of thing. He just never really showed the power again. And, like, he was a, uh, still, like, a regular, um, you know, with the Dodgers and, like, batted, like, right in the middle of their order. He led them with 90 RBIs in 2008. And, like, I remember, I just distinctly remember Joe Torre using that as proof that he was actually productive when he kind of wasn't. Like, he was fine, like, generally, but, like, for a first baseman, especially in that era, it was not not good, like, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, he was part of the, the infamous Punto trade in 2012, which we, we talked about how that's been eight years ago. It's crazy. But um, I just remember that was wild as it was becoming official because, like, the, no one could really say anything because it wasn't official yet. But everyone involved was, like, scratched from the game. So Loney was supposed to start against the Marlins. And I, I remember we went up to ask him why he was pulled from the lineup. And uh, Loney deadpan. He was really kind of quietly funny at times. But he said, I don't have good numbers against Eovaldi. I'm 0 for 0. And, I, <laughs> and he, when he had it, like, there, there was this grin on his face. I still remember that. It's very funny. Um Weirdly enough, he signed a three-year, $21 million deal with the Rays and Andrew Friedman uh, after that year, 2013. Uh, he was good, I'd say good for the first year, probably good for the second, and then not very good in the, the third year. But, like, he was generally fine over the course of his career. So he was a Dodgers regular first baseman for, like, five solid years, like calendar years, uh, parts of six seasons. He hit uh, 284, 341, 423 with 71 homers, 173 doubles. He had 41 doubles one year. That's tied for the eighth most by a Dodger. It was a 105 OPS plus in his seven years with the Dodgers. He had 8.7 war with the Dodgers, 11.3 war in his career. He has the – I almost asked you this trivia question. This probably would have been easier. Um, but fourth most uh, L.A. Dodger games at first base with 860. He ended up with more than Adrian Gonzalez, who, who was part of the trade that Loney went for. But uh, Eric Caro, Steve Garvey, Wes Parker were the two ahead of him, or the three ahead of him, excuse me. Loney, though, in the postseason was great. Like uh, in the, the time he played in 08 and 09, um, 349, 414, 540 in 17 games. The defining moment was a grand slam in game one at Wrigley Field against Ryan Dempster in the 08 LDS. And uh, they were down 2 nothing, and Dempster walked three guys, and then Loney hit a slam, and then they, they ended up winning that game, and then they swept the series. So that was like his defining moment. Now, getting to the trivia, as we always do. So James Loney uh, had a 15-game hitting streak to start 08. That's the third longest for a Dodger to begin a season. Justin Turner, the aforementioned hot start, he's currently at four games, so like long way to go. But – uh, my question to you is who has the longest hitting streak uh, to start a season by the Dodgers, by a Dodger, excuse mm-hmm. me. Hmm. I'll, uh, I'll go with my standard. It's a re- record holder answer, default answer and say Eric Karras. Uh No, but Karras did have a 12 game hitting streak to start 95 tied for sixth longest. Okay. Um... So, do you want a hint? I will take a hint, but I, I'm blaming lack of sleep if it doesn't help out. Like your Played. stupid Zach Weed hint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this one is baby food. No, uh, <laughs> this uh, this player played the same position as James Lenny. 
I already guessed Eric Garros. Uh, uh, Steve Garvey. That is correct. Hey, 19, uh, all right. 1978. So I had him he, down on my... Because I, I, I've been reading the <laughs> trivia questions right before we go on air, just so I'm not completely dead. And yeah. he, was on, he was on my list for that. The good thing about both these questions, players who would have started a season on an opening roster who are consistently good, but not necessarily home run hitters, uh, they, there was a lot of overlap on my on my uh, two guesses. So yeah. there you go. And uh, yeah, 21 games to start 1978, so good, good for him. Well, I think it's it's uh, after a week. It's time to return. Are you ready? Yes. It's time for with Dean's Craig. We love them. Five questions. We'll have probably more than five answers because a lot of these are have multiple parts. But we'll go for it. The first leading things off a three parter. See, see what I mean. With the first huh. one being a trivia question for Eric, which means I have to get my cell phone out. Uh, prior to bets, there have been four American League MVP winners who later played for the L.A. Dodgers. Can Eric name them? Do you so, want the hint? No. Uh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Give me the hint the, I, because the I saw the, I it. saw this question ahead of time. Only because I, when I was making the notes, like I just wrote I just wrote who my guesses were, and I did use the hint. So that's that's fair. Uh, so the hint is the first three played against the Dodgers in the World Series. Two of those in their MVP season. So that hint helped a great deal. I would have got, I believe, one on my own, maybe two. But then the more I thought about it, I, I, I'm pretty sure I have all four. Um, so it's uh, Moose Scourin, uh Zolio Versailles, Frank Robinson are the three MVPs. And, oh, no. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Um, I screwed myself. So, okay, so Zolio Versailles, Frank Robinson. Oh, no, these are all MVPs. I, I was thinking um, the ones who played the Dodgers. Hmm. So maybe I only got three or four. So I know for sure Zolio Versailles, Frank Robinson, and Ricky Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um and now I'm compl- like my Moose Gowan was my guest, so I'm sticking with that. But now I'm like wondering, huh? I don't know. What? What? what I think I might have. You, you're, 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 you're getting there. Uh, Moose is Ron. It's Boog Powell. Boog Powell, of course. The the Jim the Jim Tome twenty years early. Yeah, <laughs> or thirty years early, I guess. Yeah. Follow up. The last two parts are for both of us. Hey, I can answer. Uh, but that said, I really appreciate not asking me that trivia question. I would have, I th- actually might have gone in Frank Robinson and Ricky. Not, not if you had asked me like right now on the spot, I would have just been like ah, Eric Carras again. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, giving me a little bit, I probably would have gone those two. No way I was going to get Boog or Zolio. Uh, the last two parts are for both of us. Will Betts become the second player to win MVPs in both leagues, and will another Dodger win an MVP before Betts? Um, okay, so I'm gonna say yes. Does he? Does he mean this year? Like not necessarily. Like, not necessarily. Okay, so I mean, because yeah, I, I think yes. I think he's gonna win an. MVP. <laughs> I don't know if there's gonna be an MVP this year, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think yes that he will win uh, an NL MVP to go with his AL MVP, and I don't think another Dodger will win MVP before him. Uh, excuse me. Um, I'm going to go yes, but he's going to do so after Corey Seager wins in 2021. Whoa. Okay. 
Well, so wow, Corey Seager going into free agency as the MVP. I like it. Um, I'm just I'm writing this down because I don't have the other our normal sheet open with our open bets, but um, uh, bets get it. Uh, yeah. But um, so yeah, so uh, let's see, bets MVP yes, and then I say bets, you say Seager. Okay, we're good. All right. So next up, next question. How many times will Joe <laughs> Davis or Oral Hershiser say Bane or Can on Tuesday? Oh, man. Uh, the, that's a duo that I trust to make good, lighthearted jabs, but also yeah. keep it professional. So I'm not sure yeah. what direction they'll go in. I, I think I feel good saying four. Okay. Uh, so if I set the over-under at four and a half. Yeah. What are you, what are you taking? You have to put right this down I, I, too. I'll go. I'll go under. I'll take over. So under four and a half. Bang can. This is one of the rare. I ones really where hope mo- half of, more than half of these, like three or four of these, are like subtle. Like they, they're yeah. not just saying can gate or bang gate or whatever. It's like when a yeah. home run go bang. What if? What bang. if at some point they're they, you know, like Oral and Joe, like will occasionally go into rap lyrics together. <laughs> what what if they start singing CNC Music Factory on the air, and then they just say, you know, they just start saying "bang" because it's part of the song, and then does that count? I think it still counts. Okay, I yeah no anything like that it counts. So nice. The July edition of this question: name the eight teams that will make the playoffs for eight league. No, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Good do you Lord. want to do this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so, half the league. <laughs> so we joked about this. So as of right now, uh, there are six two and one te- or I guess I'm not counting the Monday games. There's been a couple day games, but there there were six two and one teams, uh, and the Dodgers and Giants are both two and two. So those were the eight. Um, but like I don't think it's going to end up that way. But okay, I'm just going to eyeball this. Um, so. Um, Dodgers, Braves, <laughs> um, Reds, and then I'm just going to go back because it's the second place in each one. So I think, I think Diamondbacks, um, uh, Diamondbacks, Nationals. <sighs> this is hard. Uh, <laughs> Cubs, yeah, and then Padres, Padres, and, yeah, and it's either Mets or Phillies. I think Phillies. All right, yeah, no Brewers. All right, nope. All right, I'm not doing the AL. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I forgot. I, I'll do the AL. Just okay, to do it. So New York, um, yeah, I Yankees, helped. Yankees, Rays, Twins, Indians, A's, Astros. That's the the cop out easy. I. The Angels are weird. I, I I'll go with them as one of the eight. So they're they're one of the third place teams. And ooh, and let's go with the the Rangers. I, I it's going to be wrong, but whatever. Which one of these things are you more likely to do first? A wear a necktie in public. Nope. Uh, <laughs> a B, ride in public transportation, uh, including Uber or Lyft. 
or C, see a movie in the theaters. Uh, I am more yeah. likely to wear a necktie while like walking my dog than either of those two in the very immediate, short-term, medium-term future. Yeah, so I this is a weird question. So my, my default, I think, would normally on this be see a movie but like i that's not happening until it seems like the worst <laughs> yeah <laughs> like for it, you to go you're so, tempted to take your mask off to eat it's lots of circulated air you're in there for yeah, a while yeah so it uh, that's that's like a down the road thing but man i i can't i don't remember the last i think i wore a tie at my niece's wedding in like 2014 and that's probably the last time i wore a tie but the only thing is like like this is, you know, the industry is so weird and like who knows what's going to happen with sports. And like, I guess the only way I would wear a tie, even if it's via Zoom, is if I lose my job and am forced to like do job interviews. And even then, I don't think there's going to be necessarily a lot of there could be ties, but I would imagine that's when I'll wear a tie. And like, I hope so. I hope that doesn't come up before I get to go see a movie. But like, uh, I I think I'm gonna go movie theater. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I I'm less like I don't really go to what like what am I? I guess if if I was gonna use like Uber Uber or Lyft or or rather or take the bus or whatever, it would be to go drinking, and so I wouldn't have to drive. And I'm not gonna go to a bar like anytime <laughs> soon. So like, so like yeah, that's not happening. Um, so I think I think we're at like. Um, I guess I can, the, okay. So technically like if I went to rent a car, so I live by myself. So I usually get the ride. Uh, they pick me up and depending mm. on the company, they, they send a, an, a lift or an Uber to like pick you up rather than use themselves. Um, so I guess that might be the loophole, but yeah, you know what? I'll go with that. I'll go with the, 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 the public transportation. I, now I may, this is tough. Uh, he did say you, he's counting drive-in movie theaters, and the first 4K movie oh. drive-in movie theater, one of the best in the country, is in Kansas City. Um, and my my uh, wife does love going to it. Now that said, with the baby, keeping no. her not crying for two hours sounds like a tall, tall order. So, um, and I ju- I generally like ties, so I I'm gonna probably find an excuse to to do so before that happens. I can see that. Do recent events, me having a kid, uh, you having to cover early evening games, uh, affect how we are doing our daily meal prep and meal times generally? And let me tell you, I'll start. Yes. <laughs> so, oh my God. We 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 have no time. Um, yeah. I don't even. Yeah. How do you? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. so we 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 do, and we're learning a little bit, but it's definitely prior. Um, you know, we would make a lot of our own meals and make meals for each other. But when it was like a shared meal, um, generally most of it was doing like three to one uh, cooking um, just because uh, it's a hobby of hers. She really enjoys doing it. Uh, that's more than inverted. I'm doing almost all of the cooking. Melissa did make dinner tonight and, and last night, actually. But those were, I think, the first time, two times she's really cooked since the baby's come out. And that's just because she is needed with the baby way more than I am. So mm-hmm. I'm the free one. So... I'm doing a lot more cooking. Um, we are we have to do way less elaborate cooking. Um, we're not really doing meals. We're doing like a, a, a dish. Maybe we can prep, but otherwise we just don't have the time, uh, both to make it and both to, and to clean it up. So 
we're hoping that sort of normalizes um, now that we're we're hitting a bit of a routine starting kind of last week. So maybe going into August, we'll we'll uh, have a little bit more of that, a little more even share, um, just because I know Melissa misses cooking. Um, so so uh, I will see. I would say for me, like for the most part, for like since like the end of the World Series last year, my most my schedule was almost completely Monday through Friday like nine to five for like eight and a half months. Um, so like um, that, you know, I got into a little bit of a routine in that way. Like not, you know, I wouldn't, not that I was, you know, sticking to certain times, but it was just easier to like, you know, do meals or plan dinners or uh, making them and stuff. Um, now it's like, it just like finding time to like, you know, go eat something like sometimes there'll be if it's like the day before a game and like a bunch of news happens like oh so the day of the Mookie Betts trade that was like supposed to be the the sort of calm before the storm day before opening day I was just finishing some stuff so like I don't know it was like um and then like all this news happened and then next thing I know I'm like three hours in and I haven't eaten anything like, you know, it's I think I just get lost in that. And so time is like more fluid now uh, for me. So like I'll, I'll eat at weird times. Um, I think yesterday I think I ate breakfast at like 11 a.m. And I was up like at seven, you know, and I just like didn't get around to it. So like, I don't know, it was just weird. Um, I will point out <laughs> that uh, give Craig credit here. He typed his question out and he and he said, uh, you know, because the question's for both of us. And he said, mm-hmm. um, Jacob and his wife. And then in parentheses, in quotes, he put wife. Like he he was expecting me. He was teeing me up and and wrote the line for me to go my wife. But yep. like, I just wanted to give him credit for that. Congrats, Craig. You're awesome. We love you. We we do love you, and we love. Uh, coming back to this podcast, we'll, we'll see if we have to go back to sort of the oddball episodes here in a few weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? Like, we technically have an outbreak in baseball. Uh, it appears they're just going to keep plotting forward. We'll come back next week. Do, will we have another outbreak to talk about? Who knows? We'll have some games to talk about at least, probably. So that'll be fun. And uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.